Podcaster, I hardly know her. Help! Oh, hi. My name is Megan. I'm a busy mom of four young kids, a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. This podcast is essentially the vessel I use to verbally process all types of topics and experiences. I love sharing stories, ideas, and considering new alternatives to things I have yet to learn and apply to my own life. All of this in effort to help create happier, healthier human connections through humor. Welcome to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. The guests on today's episode are some really good friends of mine that I met almost a decade ago. Jamie and Marla Keller are the founders of jamieandmarla.love, that's J-A-M-I, and marla.love, formerly known as Passion Provokers, which was the company they ran when I met them. They help couples, individuals, and singles find the love they have always desired. They became relationship coaches and mentors and licensed facilitators with Life Skills International in 1995. This changed their trajectory from a successful occupational therapy business in rural Arizona to a worldwide revolution of healing and relationships. You guys, they're so awesome. There's so many things um, that I'll actually uh, make sure if you if you haven't already peek in the bio um, in the description. Um, there's some powerful tools. Their processes are so life changing, and their energy is so welcoming and positive and productive. And I was very fortunate to meet them all those years ago when I was kind of really getting my chops, cutting my chops. Is that what you say? Chopping my chops with trying to figure out how to really streamline and um, tweak all of the improv skills that I had learned in performance so that they were more universally applicable to just people in everyday life in the workplace and in relationships. And I actually got to do a series of couples um, group sessions with Jamie and Marla. And I facilitated an improvisation segment that was pretty mind blowing for myself when I was realizing which parts of my own life were not following um, the yes and methodology, uh, at least it wasn't reciprocated. And so I was excited. I actually wasn't totally sure where this episode was going to go. I just felt really strongly that I wanted to reconnect with them. I've always enjoyed watching the different things that they've gone through um, over the years and just how open and loving they are and what a community-oriented um, couple they are and to see the growth of their business. Um, they do so many cool things with couples retreats and just like really energizing sessions that help people to step into what their role can be like in their own life, their own self-love and how that creates an opportunity to be a better partner um, for whichever type of you know different relationships that, they, that people have in their lives. And what I found was interesting, we did talk about some percentages of, of relationships that um, stay together versus some of the failure rates. And of their clientele, they have a percentage of about 97% of couples that not only really actually stay together, but are legit infused with excitement for their future, passionate about each other, and they establish new and thrilling approaches to how to be intimate together as partners. In that little 3% of their their clientele, uh, there's an interesting twist where, unfortunately, uh, if both partners are not truly interested in personal development that becomes an opportunity for being a better partner, uh, that becomes a challenge. So obviously in their case, most people seek them out by word of mouth. More and more they're being found um, through other resources. Uh, and for the, for the most part, their percentages um, are these people who want to do better. They feel something's wrong or they, want, they recognize they want to overcome a challenge and um, 
So it's pretty cool and exciting um, stuff. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. I had such a blast um, talking with them and kind of going down a trip down memory lane. Um, So uh, listen in and hopefully this gives you guys some nuggets that you can take away for yourself personally um, and inspire you if you are in a relationship to see what things you could do to spark some better connection, clearer communication, um, and just an all-around better experience as a partner. Today I'm talking with Jamie and Marla, and they are two really great friends of mine. I met the Kellers, gosh, I can't even, actually, I was trying to remember. It's been years, been quite a few years. Like nine? It's got to be at least, yeah, I was thinking we've got to be pushing a decade. Um, and I just, I smile when I think about you guys, I've loved following your social media all these years. I've loved the times that we got to get, um, our, our space of interaction. And so today I'm excited to talk about all the work that you do, which is about building strong relationships and navigating emotions and overcoming really big trials and strengthening partnerships through that whenever possible. Because I'm sure, I mean, as I've learned that sometimes you don't fix a challenge by staying in the space if both partners are not being uh, collaborative. Uh, but I'm, I'm just really thrilled to have you guys here. Um, so I want you guys to first, like, let's tee it up for the audience of what compelled you guys to start Passion Provokers and get involved with, like, oh, you know what? We need to do something to help other couples. Where did that even come from? My Lord. <laughs> okay, so back in the dark so, ages. Yeah, back when there were dinosaurs, <laughs> we had this epiphany at our own experience. No, but back in, I would say, uh, 95 is when we really started delving into this kind of stuff. 92, we were learning some stuff about. So, you know, we, we got married at 20 uh 1988 so we've been together literally since the dinosaurs um no not really but um so back we were on this journey of we started journaling in 92 both of us the self-discovery place 95 we went to a training life skills international uh which i don't even think it exists anymore but it was a domestic violence program i did it altruistically because i was going to help other people because my family was perfect and jamie had very clearly dysfunctional family so he really it was good that he was going to get this information so that was the very beginning of this like epiphany of oh so much right well what happened was we were doing this domestic violence program where it was you know judge working with judges and the court mandated people and what an, what an eye-opener, right? So we're doing this crazy stuff, yeah. you know, where people are getting surgeries and getting their face repaired and then appealing to the court to have their husband move back in that did it to them, right? And so the judges are like, what do we thing. do with this? And so we were have, balancing- we're, we're 25. Yeah, we're 25, right? On top of the world, have everything figured out for ourselves, right? And then somebody came to us and said, well, I don't have domestic violence, but can you help our relationship? Oh yeah, sure. And our, our, first co- our first coaching session was hilarious. Uh, we gave them an assignment to go home and talk to each other for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We want you to, after work, we want you just to talk for 20 minutes. It's no big deal. And so she came back and she says, <laughs> she's got her arms crossed. So how did it go? She said, it was great. He read from the newspaper for 20 minutes to me every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we knew we had some more work to do. And so from there, we, yeah. we did, you know, we, we, we started focusing on couples and um working on that and we, you know it, we built a custom program that we have found that we can help you know yeah. so far our statistics are about 97 percent of couples can be salvaged there's about three mm-hmm. percent that are toxic mm-hmm. right and it's not necessarily that one person's toxic and not the other it's just maybe the the dynamic between them sometimes is toxic or somebody mm-hmm. else is involved yeah if, if somebody else is if you got something on the side and or and or um you know secret issues that you're not willing to talk about then that's that's where that three percent falls they got to do the work both both people have to do the work and that was the thing that from the very beginning of this stuff we were individually doing our work and we were doing work together having no idea the huge massive traumatic painful things that were going to happen in our relationship along the way mm-hmm. and the things we learned because of it the forgiveness stuff that we you know one of our big 
centerpieces is forgiveness and uh that learning that and learning how to put these different pieces together with feelings and the feeling language and changing your neural pathways and all this stuff it all culminated into this place where we are today which is from 10 years ago which is even completely different same but different because of our own experience so we bring in we have brought in the things that have helped us and we and we put this package together things that have helped us and have helped thousands of other couples at this point mm -hmm. so, it, so that's a really long answer to a really short question it's <laughs> <laughs> perfect it gives the framework on it and i love what you said about the same it's like the same but it's different it's been enhanced i've been thinking a lot about that in my own life of the things i thought i knew a long time ago like with me, it's like in, in teaching improv and doing comedy and stuff, I kind of thought I knew exactly what I was supposed to be delivering. I thought I had my voice on stage. There was so much, so much I didn't know that I didn't know. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, and that's what's so great is, and also really difficult is sometimes recognizing the things that we're going through that are sometimes our own doing, sometimes other people that are involved and really, really embracing the parts that are our responsibility, how we actually can work through those things. I mean, when you're talking about your, I want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned, the, the success rates, when you're saying there's people like 97% of people can be successful in repairing or, you know, moving forward together. What are the differences between those and the people, the 3%, I know you said both people have to be participating for yeah. sure. What is it? What are the scenarios most people come to you under? Like where, how does that, or is there a normal? Like what is, where are the like starting points for people to go, okay, we either have an issue to work through or maybe there's preventative maintenance, which would be fine. Yeah, no, that, that's rare. That's rare. But the people we do, do have that. But do people come and say, oh, we need a, we need a new challenge. We need to work okay. on something. The funny, okay. the funny or not, no, the most interesting piece is when people come and they're like, oh, we just want to improve our relationship and do better we're like fantastic that's super easy but most of the time but then they're like oh then there's this really big oh thing. by the way we <laughs> like, both had affairs last year like oh Whatever, okay, wait a minute right <laughs> right i mean there's all sorts of different pieces to that puzzle um i would say that because our business is mostly word of mouth up until recently because there aren't a lot of counselors available right now or any right now for for couples um most of that was word of mouth and the word of mouth people generally Really came generally because they had a crisis like mm -hmm. someone had an affair they they uh, affair was is one of our biggest crisis pieces and then we have crisis pieces that include um uh, there's been a a breakdown in the relationship um emotionally and sexually and they are just unable to have any kind of conversation you mentioned in our emails back and forth uh communication um, I would say the number one thing people say is communication. The mm. question we ask people, and this is a really good question for your, the people in your audience that are in relationships, is if you woke up tomorrow morning and everything in your relationship was exactly where you want it to be, what would you notice first? And people will ask us to elaborate and say, what would you notice first? What would be different? What would be changed? Mm. And I'm going to say the number one answer we get for that is peace we would have peace between us right yeah. i bet that looks different for a lot of people what do, do they ever expand on that out of curiosity's sake like well oh, yeah the, usually it's an absence of tension around a topic okay. whether it be sexuality whether it be the kids uh finances you forgiveness know, of an affair yeah something in the past you know those mm -hmm. kinds of things are often what come out um you know, you, your question was, what's different with the 3%? Mm -hmm. Number one thing is toxicity. When someone is really toxic, they generally don't want to change because they've manipulated the rules of the relationship so that they don't have to be accountable. They don't have to be, they don't have to be present emotionally. And that's the relationships. I mean, it's a really, really overused word right now, but narcissism. Mm -hmm. So what we what crazy thing is we our system, we do a letter writing process and our system actually can weed out on its own without us even having that question, somebody who would be more on the borderline we don't we're not psychotherapists we don't 
do any diagnosis, yeah. but the borderline of that narcissism where they're gaslighting and all those really were big words that people throw out um the, that that edge there generally the three percent a high percentage of that three percent is one person has been very much um, in control of the relationship and doing a lot of the gaslighting and once we do the letter process they can't write the letter in the format all we ask is to follow a format we don't ask you to come up with your own stuff but generally they'll switch it around that doesn't work for me i don't want to do it that way i did it this way and it's usually this 10 page thing about the blaming the other person mm -hmm. and so so it's crazy because we we started seeing this a few years ago and we started talking about it and it's pretty true to the situation when we have a gut feeling about somebody in the relationship it usually plays out that way so i mean we can't say that the whole three percent is that way there are other things but that's a big big piece to it when people okay i agree with you that these words are thrown around a lot and i follow a lot of different social media accounts because i want to learn more yep. and I, I weigh myself against these things too like there's one particular account i follow uh, that talks all about narcissistic tendencies. And there's certainly some of the things categorically, like I might see things, and I'm like, I do that. I kind of do that. But then I look at the big picture of things and then recognize where does the manipulation come? Where does the whatever, the things where the person is genuinely unwilling or I think actually unable because they're, they're so in a different mindset than a healthy person. Um, Anyway, I don't know where my train of thought was going with that other than there's a, a pretty clear line I'm seeing where there's like the, the whole picture of, yeah, I think all of us probably to some degree have little things that are a narcissistic tendency. We're all yeah. on the scale. There's a scale. Okay. Okay. From codependent to narcissistic and we're all on that scale. Okay. Well, okay. So well, what's funny is it's more like a circle. It's yeah, literally we call it, a we circle. Make a circle out of it, yeah. So like I'm the codependent in our relationship. I would be the identified codependent. I'm the recovery codependent. Jamie would be the identified narcissist, but codependent, but, but not, but not, not a toxic narcissist, not right. a clinical. There's a, there's a difference between yep. um, a borderline personality, mm -hmm. which is what I think you're kind of talking about there when you start to get into that and real abuse. Somebody who was born into a home, Jamie, with a covert narcissist parent and that person learned some of the tool the tools <laughs> some of the things that a actual narcissist is uses but we but like jamie's saying we're all on that scale we're somewhere on that scale you know and it, like literally it's like one or two percent are on that borderline personality mm -hmm. and there's and the ones those are the people that are kind of unrecoverable that make life miserable for everybody around them forever and until they get away from them one of the things that's been on my mind on that subject lately has been because honestly it makes me very sad to think about people and i recognize that i think it truly is a very small percentage of people who are genuinely as you said unsavable when you identify those people or when you come across that do you think these people know like, do they know they're doing it? Do people who are gaslighting, do they know they're gaslighting or are they feeling like they're right? Like, do you know, have you heard or studied or like- I'm pretty, yes, you know I'm, I'm from our experience, they, they don't, they believe they're right. Yeah. What, what they're doing is the right thing to do. They, they can recognize some of the manipulations and some of that and gaslighting, you know, they're like, uh, I don't really do that. So they don't, they're not very self-aware in that respect. Mm -hmm. But don't, wouldn't you say it's the whole, would you rather be right or in relationship? That was something I had to learn early on in, in our whole journey. I was like, no, I don't need to be right. So the rightness really does create this very unhealthy dynamic that by itself. I'll give you a couple of tests. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's some ways to know. Okay. And number one, a true narcissist will never apologize fully. Okay. So a narcissist, blame they'll blame shift. And so, and what they will say is they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Ooh. I'm not saying I'm sorry I did something wrong. I'm sorry, you, oh, wait. You, that's misunder not a, that, you misunderstood. Yeah. Just, that's not what I meant. Or I'm sorry, but you are, but if they can never get to the place of truly saying, 
I'm accountable. I did these three things wrong and here's why, right? Mm -hmm. Those, those three components. Well, that's your yes. And right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How many, and and the yes, but is such a prime example of the scale of narcissism, right? Because I have really, truly Megan, since that time together with you, I have worked very, very hard at not, I only use, but in very rare occasions we catch each other we catch each other we'll say nope 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 and and (laughs) it's huge i certainly catch myself too and that kind of that i when i originally when i asked you guys to be on here i just knew first of all i knew i wanted to see you again i just it's been so long long. I i just admire and love you guys so much and i i didn't i remembered having these huge moments for myself that i didn't yet know how to identify and then after I asked you guys to be on, I was like, oh my gosh, we, like, I would love to just unpack this just a little bit because we did just to take our listeners back. We went, uh, we joined forces to do a series of workshops for couples. We did them in the comedy club here in Boise, Idaho. And we were like promoting it as like laugh together, love forever. Like I see the little memories pop up and stuff. And I, I felt so excited to work with couples that were at varying lengths of time together, different age groups, whatever. You guys have these awesome clients, people that came in to do these workshops with us. And as I was giving examples of yes and versus yeah, but, and how it shows up in life, I felt so sick to my stomach on one of the days that I was like, oh, because I didn't, I know that people when they're in my workshops, people that get it, they go, I've had so many people that are like, oh my gosh, Megan, I'm the yeah butter. And they hear it and they're willing to hear it and go, oh no, I didn't know I was doing that. And now I know, so help me. You know, they're like, what do I do next? And they, that awareness goes ding, 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 way up. Mm-hmm. And then I just was thinking about all these examples I was giving when if you have a big idea and you want to try something new, your yeah butters are these people who say, oh, well, how do you think you're going to do that? Or that's going to cost a lot of money. Where are you going to get the financing for that? You really think people are going to show up for a comedy festival or like all these different things. And I was realizing that my relationship at the time, I was being yeah butted on all the time. And I, I didn't want to even admit it because I'm like, I can't be a yes. Ander married to a, a habitual, you know, yeah butter is that right so there? there's, I, a, there's a secret right there so, huh. so you have to keep a secret and that's yeah. another test that's another test for a narcissist okay. right because because if you have if there has to be a complete secrecy about anything in the relationship yeah that something is seriously wrong if you can't i mean we don't we don't advocate going around and talking about all your dirty laundry okay yeah. fine we don't get we don't you know we're not saying that, yeah. but if you have to be careful not to say something it has to remain a secret or the other person gets offended yep. that that person may have this three percent issue it was a walking on eggshell situation yeah and i find myself even now because i still fully plan on using my voice my podcast my stage time whatever be, to share stories not with blame not with saying and then it happened and then that happened Right. to share what I truly did go through so that other people know that there's a different way. Cause I didn't know, you know, and I was, I was very active Mormon at the time. I was surrounding myself with other friends, people like you in the community that were, were yes. Anding me and my vision and my passion and collaborating with me. We were looking at like, how can different skills be complementary so everyone can win together. And then I would go home and it was a very different energy. And And I thought, well, if this is happening to me, if this could possibly be my life where I'm sunshine, rainbows and bubbly little whatever magnet of fun stuff out in the community. And yet it's not that way. It really made me go, what else, what, if this is true, then what else is true? Which is another skill I learned in improv, but it was very profound for me to watch the energy, feel the energy of these different couples, obviously seeing you guys and learning some of your history when we first connected and seeing the difference when people are both playing to win together and in the relationship be like, this is my stuff. I got to handle it. And then the other one's like, yeah, and then this is my stuff. And then how do we, so to elaborate more, I don't know if you have any random thoughts at the moment here, but I do want to dive a little more into communication when 
when people recognize that there's been a breakdown in communication, what are, what are some, how do you define success for people to overcome that barrier and to like step into that peaceful space, that freedom when communication is happening? Ooh, I love how you guys are lighting up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, because, because there's, okay, the first, the first thing is an agreement to work on it. Okay. Right. And, and what that ought to bring is a sense of relief. If we can sit down and say, wait a minute, we're not communicating right. It's going sideways too many times. And, and you both ought to feel like, oh, good, we're having this conversation. Oh, there's relief here. There's, there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. There, didn't, there wasn't one before. The second one is the ability to use our favorite things feeling words right we have this feeling wheel 5.0 that we use it's available on etsy right you can get a laminated copy we have a children's one now too it's really great yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll make sure you get those links from you guys too yeah. we will yeah. we'll send those to you we'll send those over it's, but, but but yeah go ahead but being able to use feeling words and letting that and the, and the key with that is not only can you use them but your partner is okay with you using them and they're okay with what you are feeling right so you... that was a huge thing for 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 me for us was we took on each other's feelings like oh if and even to this day i had catch myself are you are you okay our little granddaughter everly she's so adorable she's two and a half right now and she is just a hoot she's ariel's daughter she asked and, me to make it snow the other day yeah make yeah. it snow gamps make it snow <laughs> But she, I'm but sorry, she, sweetheart, I can't. I just but, can't but her thing is, she'll say, she'll say, are you okay, Gamps? Are you okay, Gigi? Like if we stub our toe or we explain. Or if we're, yeah, if we're just talking kind of down, she'll look at us. Are you and okay? Like, oh, this is a sweet little codependent in the, in the making, right? You know, because. <laughs> <laughs> because she's so concerned and of course she's two and a half right so so it's this it's this are you okay that was so much part of my are you okay jamie what's going on if he would get distant because our thing between us from day one control abandonment cycle i was the identified controller jamie was the identified abandoner mm. now does that mean that we were all the time no in our trigger points in our in our arguments in our very worst places that's who we became mm -hmm. and and unintentionally like as far as you know the, there's the big thing about oh women are can be so controlling not that there aren't men too but there, that's oh you're so controlling you're so controlling especially if you're a woman who is an empowered woman who's just speaking your truth mm -hmm. oh you're so controlling well that's a patriarchal thing that's been around forever you know, stop you stop what you're saying, because you're being controlled. So the so you know, could you did you take out the trash as a reminder? Hey, it was just a reminder, Jamie would take it then this is just a bad example. But Jamie would take it as did I take out the trash? Why are you asking me blah, 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 of course, I'm going to take out the trash, blah, blah, blah. you know, and so it's learn. it was me learning how to not only shift my language, but also have don't have control in my heart, that rightness to to work really hard on getting rid of the rightness. I am right, you are wrong, so that I could communicate better and he wouldn't feel controlled. But mm -hmm. checking, we're, we've learned to check. Jamie, I will, he'll, he'll, I'll say, okay, right now I'm sensing that you're, you're distant. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? Is there something that I've done? Is there anything that I need to do? How, help me understand. 99% mm -hmm. of the time, Jamie says, no, you know what? I, I don't know. Or, or I'm, or let me think about that. Or, you know what? I'm really tired or I'm, I'm processing this thing because mm -hmm. he's, he's an internal processor when it comes to that stuff. And so it's that checking that allows us, instead of me sitting here going, oh crap, he's upset with me. And, blah, 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 and I, and, and my, my thing is to go to blaming myself. Now I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. It could be all sorts of things. Which is really convenient for somebody that's, what does not want to be accountable that I, like I used to be, right? So she wants to blame herself. Great. I could spill a glass of water and she would apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you it was there. Oh, I'm sorry. I could have moved oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Our, our mentor, uh, he, he, <laughs> Russ, he's hilarious. And he'll say he, his, he'll, his big thing with me was, well, okay, 50s housewife, let's have a conversation about this. Because mm. I grew up very similarly, probably to you, Megan, in the the home that was 
very religious, um, you know, the, and I'm not sure if that's your situation, but very religious, very, you have to be very careful, you know, sex before marriage was, you better wait till you're married. I mean, we're talking about all the things, all the all rules the to throw huh? out at somebody. So for me, it was How long like, is your dress? Huh? <laughs> How low is it cut? Whatever. You know, what, what is going on? Are you wearing your clothes or too sexy? You know, whatever. So it's that, it was that, it was that place that I came into the marriage. I'm making dinner, making sure dinner was on the table at six o'clock. I was working full-time. Make sure your makeup is on before your husband leaves the house or he's going to cheat on you. I mean, all this ridiculous stuff, Mm -hmm. but that was my, those were my life commandments or my life beliefs. And we all come into relationship with our life beliefs that are very hardcore though, you know, like something life belief is something like eat everything on your plate because they're starving children in China. That was what I heard. And, and so then later you have an issue with weight. Well, guess what? Hmm, eat everything on your plate. doesn't work anymore. That's yeah. life beliefs. We learn life beliefs from our parenting, from our, from our, from our, the, our origins. And so we come into relationship and we come into this relationship and we're like, so isn't this, aren't these the rules? Right. Isn't this so, how it's supposed so, to be? So what happens, you pick somebody within five degrees of your iq five points five points right and then and then also with a matching emotional issue so we call that a key dagger and it's you, not you, the same you like choose this emotion per- yeah it's just the holes in my head the rocks, the in, rocks mine. in his they fit together they fit together right <laughs> yeah so so there's this so there's this key dagger right so you have the key to each other's hearts you choose that person because there's something for you to work out there there's something for you to learn from them the problem is we don't use the key very well and that dagger comes out and you flip it around and you, you dagger each other and, and the very, if you're not using the tools, if you're not using good communication, if you're not giving forgiveness and grace and, and, and allowing your partner to feel what they need to feel so that, that you can move together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and so this control abandonment is part of that key dagger and we all do both. So you go control abandonment. That's, you know, you, you, you all have a mode that you like, right? I'm like Marla said, I'm the abandoner. She's the controller. I'm going to abandon easier than I am going to control, but I'm going to switch. I'm going to throw a control curve at you. If you, if, you know, if we're in dynamic together. Well, and the secret is not much of a secret, but the abandoners that are controller because they can choose when to re-engage. Mm-hmm. So there's all these dynamics, right? And you asked about communication. Communication is using the I statements. Communication is saying, using feeling words, this happened and I felt these three feelings. Mm-hmm. And in the future, I'd like to see, mm-hmm. you know, some so that. So we teach a check-in that teaches them the first, because most people have no idea, number one, how they're feeling. So mm-hmm. they get a feeling, they get the feeling wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondarily, they have a very hard time with I statements, the I statement of taking my personal accountability and not saying, well, if you didn't do this or what you did this and it made me angry, that's another phrase made me, if you are saying that made me feel made me feel is not actually true. We choose our feelings, even when we're not choosing our feelings in our consciousness. In other Mm -hmm. words, feelings happen, emotions, chemical reactions in our body happen. Mm -hmm. That chemical reaction is a feeling. I don't necessarily know what it is, but I can choose to respond from that feeling place, from that usually trigger point, if it's a really hard feeling, and then just respond, or I can choose to take a look at it. What is it? What am I doing with it? And have a better conversation about it. And so when you take your feelings, when you learn how to name these emotions, right? Because emotions are basically this chemical reaction that happens in your body. And, and there's millions, billions maybe of, of different varieties of that. And, and when we learn to name them, especially if we choose a, and that's why that feeling wheel becomes important, right? Because when we have a common language, we need a common language to, to talk about what is going on between us, words that we can agree on. Oh, yeah. Right. Anger means this. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and so, so when we, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, um, actually, yeah, I was going to have, if you, I don't know if you had your thought finished, because that was such a good little statement there. Though the, the, the importance of naming them is a game changer. I remember learning some of this from you guys about your wheel, which I highly, highly recommend that you guys go on and get your own copy. I'll make sure to put the links in the post. For people to get their feeling wheel because I remember looking at it and I'm a pretty high emoter so I at least knew how I could probably describe all of those even if I didn't always feel them and there's a lot of people who can't 
And there's a, and so being able to say, I feel this, it still might open up some more need to dig deeper. One of the team building exercises I do with people is a much less comprehensive list of emotions, but like your standard ones, angry, confused, terrified, depressed, you know, like a handful of ones that are fairly universal, right? Happy, um, courageous. And I'll have them each take a turn saying the same statement, but on with a different emotion on like a 10 scale. And we probably did, I don't know. I feel like we probably did this at the workshop. We did. But it's like, if you, if you're saying we're out of toothpaste and it's not about the toothpaste, but if you're like, we're out of toothpaste, (laughs) we're out of toothpaste. Like the way we are saying things might be really hard for someone to process like what we're getting information wise, but being able to identify what you're good, what you guys are saying about that is so important to be like, I feel this and, and be comfortable in taking it even further of like, I find myself describing what that feeling is for me with my current boyfriend, who is the first healthy relationship I've ever had, even though sometimes the healthy parts scare me because I feel like there's something's going to something's going to go wrong here. Another shoe's going to drop. The other shoe's going to drop in a minute. You're being really nice right now, but what's going to happen in five minutes? And I find that like when I was being triggered, I would be like, okay, I'm being triggered. It was this thing that happened. You didn't do it, but this was the circumstance and it made me feel this blah, blah, blah. And I was like telling him all this information, which honestly made him a little overwhelmed at first. But notice your language made me feel, Mm -hmm. made him feel. Mm-hmm. What we do when we say Ooh. that is we give, we give away our hey, power. Listen, listen. I know it's okay. It's Trust okay. It's Jenny hard. It's I, so hard. That's another yes and, right? You, it's the thinking. No, 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 no. It didn't. Okay. So we'll stop our clients and we'll say, did it make you feel? And they'll, no, 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 no. I felt. Oh, uh, that. It's a small no. modifier, but it, but, the, our, but the words matter, right? Our words matter because we're building our power or we're destroying our power. With oh my everyone. gosh, I love that you just called me out on that. And I know I feel like I probably say that a lot. That we I say that it it's common. It's yes. common. It's in our culture. It's well, made it's like me. this. It's it's anything. Oh, I we went out to dinner and it made me feel blah blah blah. You know, whatever. It's the make me feel that we are not we we have in our society, we have dismissed personal accountability. So words like little, I felt a little angry. Yeah, that's we're, a modifier. Like, um, you know, I felt, what is another one? Um, I'm just doing this. Just, yeah, just is a terrible one, especially women, for women. Women tend to be the worst. I mean, me, I know. I'll, I'll put in a text. I'll be like, I was just, in a, I'm like, wait a minute. And I'll go yeah. delete my just because the truth is I get to say whatever. They're called modifiers. You know, And when you modify your feelings, you're minimizing your feelings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're not giving yourself credit for allowing yourself to be alive and have a real feeling. It, it, it's, you know, we, we, we're trying so hard to make it okay for everybody else that we forget to be okay ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so good. Okay. I want to make sure, um, Jamie, that did we get all three of the things? I was listening to your how to test. I want to, as we bring this thing to the close, I want to make sure we got okay. three. I know we for sure got two, but I was trying to make notes for the how to test oh. for the narcissist thing. And then I have one more question for you guys to close it right. up. So I, the three things are, sorry. No, yeah, no apologies ever. Oh, okay. not, not, not good ones. They might pretend to apologize, but right. it, won't have, it won't have the factors. It won't have the sorry, I was wrong, and I won't do it again. Those okay. are the three things that you really needed an apology. Um, what was the second one? Um, the second one, well, I'm trying to remember what they were because you, I thought you said there's three, uh, <laughs> three different things to test for a true narcissist. Okay, and so, the, so the, wanted, the, uh, the blame, you, you just said, so that blame shifting. Okay, right? so blame, then blame shifting. So then the number two would be blame shifting. They're never, they always have an excuse. They always have a reason why. I've been told that the reason why I was treated very, very badly, like abusively badly, was because I, because, well, that was because I loved you. Mm, ooh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is yucky. And it's so yucky and so perverse because other, I didn't. It wasn't wrong that I did that. The other you made me do that because I loved you. And I, I'm going to say number three. And if I'm wrong, you can no, tell me. But, 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 it's the per, it's the person who, when it's good, it's like oh in their light the best thing ever they just it just feels so just, good it's just, and the, and people 
people stay with a narcissist because they are dying to have that good and it may be a flash in the pan five minutes it might be my light's going to shine on you for a week until you do something i don't like and then it's going to be taken away so it's that light is just so shiny and beautiful and you just bathe in it so that's a fear it's a fear versus approval yep so you're in fear like you said eggshells yep until you get the approval then it's like oh I feel so good, so great. I'm so glad I, you know, stuck around or whatever. But that cycle is how they create what we call flying monkeys. Have you heard that one? A, nar- a true, know, a a true toxic narcissist if, will manipulate you with other people because they will convince whoever else around in your circle. They, they, and they, that they're right. They, well, that you, that you need to be treated a certain way or need to be told something. So that person, that third party will come to you and say, man, you just really need to get your shit together because you're X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Or, or why are you being so mean? Yeah. Well, they, they love you they love or you, whatever, you right? Know? That the third party, they're the flying monkeys that come and give you their opinion about what's happening because they are friends with or they're related to well because they're person. in the they're in the light of that narcissist right they're being and, by that light yeah they're, by the, they're getting approval they're like oh this feels really good they must this person's a pillar in the community a lot of times these people are pillars in the community leaders you know up in front doing the leadership stuff and and, yeah. and everybody says oh they're such a great you know oh it must be such so great to have a dad like that it must be so great to have a mom like that. Mm. I or, wish I, or, wish or I your, had a mom like your that. Your husband is fantastic. Yeah. Or you know whatever, right? So it's this. So it's this very, very uh, distant situation where the the people out here see something that is completely opposite of what you have in your home. Right. Yes. Which for anyone listening, if that is something, I guess I wanted to really dive into that a smidge more before we ended because. I just remember feeling so confused and that I was living, I was living a double life because the sadness and darkness that I felt under my own roof did not match up with anything that was public facing, not necessarily the way I was. I mean, I was usually still pretty goofy, Megan, even at home, it was not always appreciated, uh, my wit and charm. Um, but I just remember thinking if I'm, if I'm struggling with this, who else might be? And I would look around in church at the time when I was still going to church and I'd be like, who else might be living just in this confusing, stifling state of being. So I really wanted to just make sure that if there's listeners that are hearing some of this, like, I know it's scary and can be confusing and you're not alone. And there are steps that you can take, um, to right here if they they have tried to bring these things up and they always get shut down Mm -hmm. right and it gets turned back on them it's time to get some outside help well it's also if if you can't have a conversation with this that is productive that leads to change change is something that a narcissist will resist to no end because they like their power they like what they have well and to be very clear There are people that have narcissistic behaviors that have learned them, that have honed them, that are not clinical narcissists. And Mm -hmm. so, and these are the people that when they come into our process, it's it's literally a transformation from, and I, and I, and it's not just men, but in, in our coaching, we see mostly men and, and, and Jamie's the man maker. I'm the, so he's, uh, he's bad cop. I'm good cop. And so he'll be like kicking their asses. I'll be like, yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of that, you know, more, more motherly soft person, but there are times that I will, I will do it. And then, and then, and I, we've had our last retreat, all the guys said, oh, that's the best. We love it. When you do that, I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, you gotta do that more because (laughs) they, they are really good people. They are really wanting to do better. They are wanting to not have those behaviors. They don't want that their wife or their partner to feel like they're crazy. It is crazy making. How many times, Megan, did you think I'm just crazy? It's me. I honestly, I still sometimes have moments where I still feel like i did something wrong right so you rehearse that old thing right you rehearse it you think maybe i could have done it right if i would have done this another symptom of a narcissist is there's never a finished line Mm -mm. there's never you never can do enough also they never will contemplate whether they are narcissistic or not 
Well, maybe yeah. I'm an narcissist. I don't even think about maybe it. Maybe I'm That's a narcissist. A beautiful thing. And I recognize that just even bringing it back to some of the stuff you said at the very beginning, that the, the genuine percentages are small of the people who are totally, right. I hate to use the word lost causes. I still just put love on it. I yes and them yep. from a very safe distance. Yep. <laughs> try to live their life, you know, as, as, as much as possible and just be an influence for good in my own little heart. And I just, I feel like if people, maybe that is really a good takeaway for people is if you are experiencing a struggle in your relationship, it could be that your partner doesn't even know there's a struggle or or maybe that, you know, or maybe they do, but you're on totally different pages. And so stepping into a space where you meet up with people like the amazing Jamie and Marla Keller to like unpack some of these things and really see what is workable start getting empowered by taking ownership over the things we could be doing better how to be a better partner, how to love ourselves more, all those yummy things. Um, I, I just really, that's probably why I felt so compelled to have you guys on here because it's the healing journey and all the things I've gone through personally have just made me want more people to feel the progress that's available. And those moments, as you guys said, of peace when, um, when something does go right, when there is not tension in a space where there was tension before. Yeah. And, and gaining some power back for, for both people. I imagine the narcissistic tendencies of people who are still willing to try because they have that human element, that must be a huge relief for them to have a better human connection with their partner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the people that, that re- yeah. realize that they've been narcissistic, um, they, they will say things like, wow, I can't believe I was doing that. And they have fear. They have fear about being that super toxic narcissist. Like, I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to, they'll, they'll say that. Yeah, we and those have, are the healthier people that can say, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, we have I a, want to get better. We have a client just last week who said, he said, oh, I realized that I've been, I am a narcissist. And, and I said, I said, well, number one, yes. And you probably have, you're not, I, I know you and I know the work you're doing and you would never do this work like this. If that were a clinical situation, I said, Mm -hmm. I want you to hear me and hear me very clearly. You are on a journey. You are coming out of this cloud that's been around you grew up in foster care. I mean, how could you not have save myself mentality? Mm -hmm. And so it's this place of understanding that you sure you may have classified yourself this way but if you've classified yourself as a narcissist jamie said probably not a narcissist i don't think that that's probably even a way that would what what that would happen that would never happen i mean you might i suppose back to your question i I suppose a narcissist might know that they're a narcissist but they will never admit it they'll never contemplate it or they might use it to control you i mean that's like that's the thing that you have to be very aware of and 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 it's hard and it's very dangerous sometimes to get help with a narcissist through a toxic borderline personality disorder because Mm -hmm. they will turn a counselor against you Mm -hmm. they're that smart they're that good at doing this kind of stuff they know how to push buttons they know how to come off as the pillar of the community right Oh, so sorry. Oh my goodness. Sorry, sorry. That's us. That was us. I was like, Megan, you're getting a call. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, that is a really great time. You know, we actually are going just a couple minutes longer than usual, but I've loved every moment of this. I think it's been really um inspiring for me and just refreshing. So I guess as a closing question here. What are the things that you guys are just like most excited about in your work right now? Oh man, we love our clients. Oh, you know, the, the work we do is everything. so transformational. <laughs> no, okay, it, I have to tell you though, retreats, those are oh, our yeah. favorites. That's where you get, I mean, because you are together, you're together for two and a half days and you are getting into the stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is, I mean, when you have a whole entire room of weeping men and these women are looking at, you know, and we, we, we have other people besides heterosexual couples, but in our last retreat, right, you have all these men that are just weeping and all the wives are spouses are going, partners are going, oh, they're crying. What is happening right now? Some, some men, they cry. Right. So, and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But they're, but the things they were, they, they, the men come to is this place of 
deep awareness that says, wow, I get it. I, I get this. I get why it's been so painful and not that the women don't because the women do too, but it's just, it's just this. Yeah. I would agree with the retreats being the best thing. thing right now. We custom build retreats for people, couples, you know, we figure out what, what's, you know, what the budget is, where you want to go. We're going to Puerto Vallarta this next spring um, with the big advanced group. So that's really fun. We'll probably do some McCall ones. Uh, we'll probably do the Oregon coast here pretty soon. We're going to um, get some um, intro ones too, for couples who just want to go have a great weekend and learn some tools on communication and whatever other things. We have, a great, things. Person, we have a great person personality test it's ideal personality you can look up up uh, look us up online or at facebook cool. with that. so and also we our new name is passion provokers is our uh, also known as but our okay. new name is jamie and marla.love that's oh. and so it's also www jamie and marla.love jamie with no e so j-a-m-i-a-n-d-m-a-r-l-a and, and people can have a uh, go in there and get a free discovery session because we want people to be able to see if they're a good match with for them to see if we're a good match for them and and vice versa before we get into you know our, our whole system so awesome oh i love that so much i hope that listeners will take advantage of that i will make sure to put all the links um so people can start diving in um i i do like that it feels like at least for the most part societally people are really being encouraged to embrace who they are and to speak out on things they're passionate about and all these different things that we're seeing in the world around us and the availability of those tools on social media and connectivity and all that um so i'm hoping that people will feel inspired to step into something that's going to help them feel great like even if they're doing good and there's like the one pain point or even if they're feeling unraveled that there's a way to weave something beautiful i don't have to use some sort of metaphor right i love that that's good the number the number one thing that our clients get is peace in the form of relief mm. they, they they always leave even the very first session their shoulders get straighter. They're like, oh, wow, I feel like I've been carrying a weight that I just put down. It's crazy, but we learn to do this. We learn to keep that that stuff so wrapped around us and so weighing us down. Yeah, seriously. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Uh, for any of you listeners out there, if you have questions and want to uh, connect, if you're listening on Anchor, you can leave me a voice message. Um, I'm also very easy to track down if you have other questions that you would like to um, have answered either on a, a new episode or connecting to Jamie and Marla. Uh, let me know. You can find me at meetmeganmcaleb at gmail.com or just meganmcaleb.com. Thank you guys so much. It was such a pleasure to spend time with you. I adore you both. Thank you for all. Of the we good love and adore you, Megan. You are awesome. Yes. We believe in what you're doing. We do. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. If you'd like to stay connected to me in other ways, you can find me on most social media platforms at Megan or at my website, meganmcaleb.com. And remember, you don't have to be a big deal to do big things.